Share Care, helping you. Get younger, get guidance, get better care, get smart, get fit. Radio MD presents Share Care Radio with Daria Long Gillespie, MD. Hi, and welcome back to Share Care Radio. This is Dr. Daria, and I want to know are you tired? How well did you sleep last night? And, and do you want to feel well rested? I mean, we all do. And you probably don't need to, the CDC to tell you, but their latest report revealed that about 35% of adults don't get enough sleep. Most of us can feel that anyways. So next week is Sleep Awareness Week, and I am bringing in the big guns because we all need to be sleeping better. Now, he's been called the sleep doctor. He's also a, a clinical psychologist who specializes in sleep disorders. You've probably seen him on CNN, Oprah, The View, The Today Show, Fox, The Dr. Oz Show. He's also the National Sleep Foundation's Sleep Technology Ambassador, and he served as a sleep educator for Advil PM, Breathe Right, Crown Plaza Hotels, and many more. Dr. Michael Bruce. Ma- Michael, thank you so much for joining all of us. I know all of us, you know, we're sitting here in my office. I have my extra caffeine because when you're, you know, anyone who's a parent can know you never get enough sleep. Yeah, but it's not good for us. I know that. So first, tell all of our audience, you know, what are some of the consequences of sleep deprivation? We'll just touch on that. Well, I'm happy to do that. But, you, you know, you bring up kind of an interesting point. I think that there's some facts that we could give people about caffeine in the mornings. Uh-oh. Now you're getting at my worst habit here. I know. I'm, I'm, I'm going right in for the... I know. I didn't say that was allowed. Do not go after my coffee. But seriously, no. What do I need to know? So one of the things that people don't realize is that during the evening, as you breathe, you breathe out almost a liter of fluid, almost a, a liter of water is coming out of your system. Mm-hmm. And so as we wake, we wake dehydrated. And mm-hmm. many, many people, the first liquid that they put into their system is a cup of coffee. Mm-hmm. Well, we know that caffeine is a diuretic, so it could make you potentially even more dehydrated. Mm-hmm. The best thing that you can do when you wake up in the morning is drink a full bottle of water. The second thing that most people don't realize is that your cortisol levels are at their highest point right as you wake up. As a matter of fact, that's one of the things that helps you wake up. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's actually some data to suggest that if your cortisol levels are high, which they should be, and you add caffeine to the mix, that your internal cortisol maker, if you will, your adrenal system and adrenal glands will actually slow down your cortisol production in the mornings, making it more difficult No kidding. Okay. Well, I thought you were going to say they compound each other, but you say that they actually counteract each other. So it gets the opposite effect of what you're wanting. Exactly. So my recommendation for people is drink a bottle of water when you get up in the morning and then wait approximately 90 minutes or so until your first cup of coffee. I would say have it around the 9, 930 mark. Mm -hmm. And what will happen is as your cortisol is naturally beginning to dip, your caffeine will kick in and will help you, you know, keep some of that energy level going. Okay. So a great big bottle of water to start off with. Wait 90 minutes and then I can have my cup of coffee. And now, you know, the next question is, is how much is how much of coffee do you advocate? Is that my only coffee for the day or what is there a limit? No, no, no. Um, I knew I liked you, Michael. There we go. <laughs> I don't have a necessarily a, um, a maximum, although I would tell you that you probably don't want to have more than about 200, 250 milligrams mm-hmm. of caffeine in your system um, over a 24-hour period. Mm-hmm. An average cup of drip coffee is about 100, 110 milligrams. Mm-hmm. So you're looking at maybe two cups and mm-hmm. a, maybe a glass of iced tea would mm-hmm. be the maximum amount that you probably want to have. And what's mm-hmm. interesting is caffeine has a half-life of between 8 and 10 hours, right. depending upon how quickly of a metabolizer you are. 
So you want to stop caffeine around 2.30 mm-hmm. in the afternoon. And that's a really important point that we need to make because you do see people having caffeine at, at 3 or 4, and then they still are wondering why they can't fall asleep at 10. That's still in your system. Yeah, exactly, and that's one of the things to think about. And by the way, the reason that people are getting tired um, around somewhere between 1.30 and 3.30 in the afternoon is there's actually a natural core body temperature drop mm-hmm. that occurs during that period of time. And what people don't know is when your temperature, your core body temperature, in fact, drops, it's actually a signal to your brain to release melatonin. Mm-hmm. Um, we've seen this um, from a, from a um, cultural perspective in, for example, the Latin American countries where they have... Siestas, yes. That's right. Um, and that's actually, a, you know, created from your own biology. So mm-hmm. if you want to avoid that kind of afternoon slowdown, the easiest way to do it is not with a cup of coffee. Believe it or not, it's to go outside and get some direct sunlight. Mm-hmm. Most people don't realize it, but melatonin is what we call the vampire hormone. It mm-hmm. only comes out in darkness. So by mm-hmm. getting direct sunlight, it actually sends a signal to your brain to stop that melatonin production, mm-hmm. even though you're having that core body temperature drop. So if you're feeling sluggish in the afternoon, don't reach for, you know, an energy drink, mm-hmm. um, what, whatever it might be. Go outside, get a little fresh air, get a little sunlight, and mm-hmm. I promise you, you're going to feel a whole lot better. You will. And while you're getting that sunlight for five minutes, just do a quick walk around the blocks. So you get a little bit of physical activity in there, wakes you up, and gives you a little bit of a brain break, too, because by 3 p.m., you've probably been just sitting there in front of a computer and in meetings for six hours, which can be mind-numbing. So help you fall asleep if you're sleep deprived help you stay awake i mean mm-hmm. right you know so you know when we when we were starting the conversation you said you know what's the what are some of the consequences mm-hmm. of sleep deprivation well you know they span the globe as it were um we know that sleep affects every organ system and every disease state so if mm-hmm. you have anything going on medically being sleep deprived makes it worse mm-hmm. uh, great study at the university of chicago looking at pain where they took college students who had no pain and they did something called a cold presser test where they dunk their feet all the way up to their knees in <laughs> super cold ice water, right? <laughs> then they sleep deprived them for 24 hours and they do it again. Kids were pulling their feet out with the same stimulus, mm-hmm. the same temperature water, twice as quickly and mm-hmm. reporting that it hurts twice as much. Mm-hmm. So the more sleep deprived you are, the more pain you actually feel no matter what the stimuli is. Yeah. And it's not just pain. We now know that the more sleep deprived you are, cancer cells actually replicate faster the more sleep deprived you are. We know that your metabolism is mm-hmm. directly affected by yes. sleep deprivation. You know, in my uh, in my second book, The Sleep Doctor's Diet, Lose Weight Through Better Sleep, we discuss that relationship, but it's actually only something that we've more recently uh, begun to really understand in that the more sleep deprived you are, your metabolism slows down and your appetite increases. Mm-hmm. And that's because your body is actually saying, holy cow, I'm awake and I should be asleep. I need to conserve my resources. Right. I need to conserve that food that's in my belly because I might need it because holy cow, I'm up and I'm looking around like, you know, is there a saber-toothed tiger? Right, exactly. It's a fight or flight. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And so we, we worry with people who are sleep deprived who are also dieting because here's what happens is your diet is less effective, mm-hmm. you lose motivation, and guess what? Then you're sitting up at night and you're thinking, oh my gosh, my diet's not working, and you mm-hmm. start to worry, which prevents sleep and this vicious cycle. It's a vicious cycle. Well, you get to the next stage. So people, our listeners may say, okay, I get it. I need to sleep more. 
how do I do that? And a lot of, especially a lot of my friends who are, are moms and you know, and men alike as well, you finally get into bed, it's quiet, and your mind starts spinning, all those things of the day. How do you quiet that? Because that will keep people awake for hours. So the number one complaint that I hear is I can't turn off my brain. Mm-hmm. So you, you, you hit the nail on the head as always. Um, num- number two is, is it makes perfect sense, right? So when you think about it, when is the only time of your day where you're awake and somebody's not asking you to do something, you're not looking at your phone, mm-hmm. you're not getting a tweet or a text or an email or a Facebook post or what have you. It's when you're lying in bed, hopefully, uh, without any electronic devices, mm-hmm. and all of those thoughts come flying in. Yeah. So one of the things that I have people do is what I call a power down hour. Most people don't realize it, but sleep is not just an on-off switch. It's mm-hmm. more like slowly pulling your foot off the gas and slowly putting your foot on the brake. Mm-hmm. There's a process that needs to occur. Mm-hmm. So as an example, let's say that you're going to bed somewhere between 10, 30, and 11, which, by the way, is the national uh, bedtime that most people go to bed. Okay. Didn't know that. People do. Yeah. What I have people do is set an alarm for one hour before you want to have lights out. So in this case, if it's 11 that you're going to bed, you set an alarm for 10. That forces you to walk into your bedroom to turn off your alarm clock, and that should remind you, oh, now is my wind down time or my power down hour. Mm-hmm. You break that hour up into three sections, 20 minutes for things that just have to get done before tomorrow. So in our house, it's finding shoes, getting <sighs> backpacks together, you know. Those things to make your morning less chaotic and actually possible. Exactly. Um, then 20 minutes for hygiene, right? Wash mm-hmm. your face, brush your teeth, maybe even take a hot shower. Mm-hmm. And then 20 minutes for some form of relaxation, meditation, prayer, whatever it is that you can do to slow yourself down. Most people also don't realize but your heart rate has to be at a lower pace in mm-hmm. order for your body to physically enter into a state of unconsciousness. Mm -hmm. You can't just walk into the room, lie down with a rapid heartbeat, and boom, go to sleep. It just doesn't. It's just not the way exactly that the hormones in our body work. It doesn't just shut off and on. The levels rise and they lower. So that makes sense to create that hour for that. And so during that 20-minute time, that's not the time to be thinking about all the things I've got to do tomorrow Mm -hmm. and things like that. That's a time to focus on your breathing, to focus on some maybe some very, you know, relaxing yoga poses, um, reading a book. And you're, you're not going to hear this from any other sleep specialist, but I'm here to say it. It's okay to watch television to fall asleep. There's nothing really? wrong with it. Okay. There's nothing wrong with it. And, okay, tell me, because that's interesting. Yeah, most people think, oh, my gosh, I'm not supposed to watch TV to fall asleep. Well, what I've found in many of my patients is that, in fact, it's a great distractor. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because mm-hmm. of all these thoughts that come flooding in, sometimes they'll put on the television. And quite frankly, most people don't watch TV to fall asleep. They listen to TV to fall asleep. Mm-hmm. So they'll close their eyes and they'll have going on. Now, hopefully it's not like, you know, CNN and you're, you know, hearing yeah. some terrible. Good luck with that. Mm-hmm. Falling asleep. Right. Exactly. It's more along the lines of, hey, you know, it's a rerun of Seinfeld or Law and Order or whatever it is that you like to watch that you've probably already seen a couple of times. Mm -hmm. But it's just enough for you to listen out, be distracted, and allow your heart rate to slow, your breathing to slow, 
and enter into sleep. Um, okay. You know, 90% of televisions today have a TV timer built into the software. Mm-hmm. Just set the timer for 30 or 40 minutes. The timer. So really anything that essentially signals your body to relax, whether that's in, you know, if that can be meditation or yoga for you, great. But if that's reading something or watching TV, don't fight whatever gets you to relax. Just do that and it'll enable, enable you to fall asleep easier. That's correct. Now, there is a slight caveat when it comes to electronics. Is There's been a lot of information that's come out fairly recently to show that blue light, um, the light that's emitted from some of these electronics, can, in fact, have an effect on melatonin production right. uh, and, and your ability to fall asleep. Here's the deal. is if, you're, if you've got an iPad or a phone or a tablet or a laptop or whatever, and the proximity is close, you know, like less than two feet, that's when we're going to see those effects. If you've got a television all the way across the room, the likelihood of that light having a big effect on your ability to fall asleep is pretty minimal. Um, but the other thing is, is the level of engagement. You know, if you're trying to get your best score on Candy Crush or see what's going on, you know, with your buddies on Facebook, your level of emotional engagement is fairly high. Mm-hmm. Again, you can't enter into sleep with high emotional engagement. Right. You have to have something that's kind of boring, but yet still distracting enough so that you're not thinking. Your brain needs that time to wind down. And if you spend those 20 minutes not winding down and on Facebook, you're going to spend another 20 minutes when you're trying to fall asleep, in which case your brain is actually then trying to wind down. And then what happens is you get frustrated mm-hmm. because you lie in the dark and then you think, and you're like, why aren't I falling asleep? What's yes. going on? And your heart rate stays elevated. You're emotional. It gets worse. You look at the clock, and you see the time went past. You panic. Going and going and going. And that's the cycle that has to be broken. Now, do some people use different things to help break that cycle? Of course. You know, my personal preference, I prefer not to use medication if we can at all avoid it. Mm-hmm. Um, but are some people good candidates for sleeping pills? Of course they are. Um, there are many new technologies of sleeping pills that are out on the market today that actually are very effective at breaking the cycle of insomnia. I'm not a big fan of people being on sleeping pills forever. Right. Um, do, do, do I have patients that are in, um, in my practice that have been on pills for 5, 10, 15 plus years? Yeah, I do. Um, I inherited patients from people who have been on those medications for extended periods of time. Is mm-hmm. it appropriate? In some cases, it actually is. You know, if you're fighting cancer, quite frankly, you get whatever pill you want. Yeah, certain circumstances. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, if you have an anxiety disorder, yeah, you may need to take anxiety medication to help you fall asleep Mm -hmm. at night. I get that. Um, Depression, the same way. So there are instances where it will make sense to be on a medication for an extended period of time. But that's not really what they were designed to do. Mm -hmm. They were designed to break the cycle of insomnia. And then during that period of time, instead of becoming psychologically and in some cases physiologically dependent Mm -hmm. on the medication, what you should be doing is then looking at your overall sleep habits and being able to modify those so that way the drug can be tapered off and then you can sleep natural. Well, it really strikes me that the low-hanging fruit, you mentioned your power down hour. I don't know really anybody. I, I think if I were to survey my friends or anybody here, most people don't do that. And it, it sounds, you say it sounds, you say an hour, and that sounds like, oh, I don't have an extra hour. But your 20 minutes of it is hygiene, which you're already doing. 20 minutes is getting things done that you have to do for tomorrow, which you're already doing. So really, you're only restructuring it and taking that extra 20 minutes that you're truly focusing on slowing down. And if we all did that, then I think we'd have probably, myself included, a lot less sleep troubles in the first place. 
There's no question about it. And, you know, it's it's so funny because people say, oh, my gosh, Michael, an hour, I just don't have that. And mm-hmm. you're absolutely right. You know, my, my pat answer is, you know, you're already doing the first 40 minutes, right? Yes. You know, you're just doing them in a more sporadic way. Mm-hmm. Having those time frames, the 20 minutes to get things done and 20 minutes for hygiene are important because you close the door mm-hmm. on the activity, right? Mm-hmm. So I've got, I got 20 minutes to get stuff done. Great. I'm going to walk around. I'm not going to you know, dwaddle here and, you know, you know, yeah. stop here. I'm going to, I got 20 minutes to do this. I got 20 minutes to do mm-hmm. this. And once your body starts to expect mm-hmm. that pattern, it starts to already go there for you without right. you even wanting it. Well, it's like the routines we do for our children. I do something with my own phone at night because, well, our phones are, are so handy. You know, right before you go to bed, you check your email. But then you check your email and you realize you have to respond. And then a half hour later, you're still on your phone. So I have a, a certain spot on my stairwell when I make a turn on my stairwell, I put away the phone because I really don't need to be checking it at 1030 at night one extra time. Yeah. Well, it doesn't do you any good. Like I can't think of one piece of information that's good 20 minutes before bed. (laughs) No, very true. I do not have my greatest epiphanies. Right. Well, you know, number one, I'm not at my creative talent there. Number two, even if I am a night owl and that is a good time for me, um, you know, it, all it's going to do is disrupt my level of sleep and, mm-hmm. and my sleep habits. And number two, it, what, what am I looking for? If I get a piece of good information, then I'm excited. Right. If I get a piece of bad information, then I'm You'll upset see. and I can't fall asleep. There's no good that comes out of it. And there really isn't. I want to switch also to include kids. Now, a lot of people, you know, a lot of our listeners are parents and their kids have their own devices. In our last minute, what can parents do to keep these from impeding their children's sleep? They absolutely, positively should remove devices from the bedroom. Um, Now, I'm not a big fan of kids watching TV to fall asleep. I understand Mm -hmm. adults do it. I'm not a fan of children doing it. I don't Mm -hmm. think there's anything on that late at night that's really all that wonderful for kids. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And once they have to pay bills, then they can watch it. But until then, they get to put the device away. Yeah. And, you know, what I say is people should have their own little charging station where everybody dumps their device and it gets charged, and that's that. Now, is that reality? It can be. Mm-hmm. Um, is it difficult? You bet. It's, there's nothing easy about doing that because kids are on their devices constantly, mm-hmm. um, and that can be and that can be a real problem. So, generally speaking, what I tell people is, especially for kids, see if you can keep the devices out of the bedroom. Um, and you know what you can always do is, you know reward them for doing that. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if it's really hard, then say, okay, well, here, there's an app that, you know, my son wanted to download a racing game. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, you can easily say, look, here's here's the story. You drop your phone off for, you know, seven days in a row Mm -hmm. at the charging station without having it home. And guess what? You get Get your 99 cent app. Little positive feedback. And exactly. Thank it's just not that hard to do. That's a great point. And role modeling it, let's all have our charging stations that are outside our bedrooms and help everybody in the family get better sleep. So, Michael, thank you so much. This was packed with information for all of our listeners. Learn more about Dr. Michael Bruce at www.thesleepdoctor.com or Twitter at The Sleep Doctor. And remember his books, The Sleep Doctor's Diet Plan, Good Night, The Sleep Doctor's Four-Week Program to Better Sleep and Better Health. They're both on Amazon. Tweet him your questions. Tweet me at Dr. Daria or us at ShareCare Inc. Thanks for listening to ShareCare Radio on Radio MD and stay well. 